and welcome to a new year and to the Dice Are Screaming podcast coming at you. Oh, oh indeed. <laughs> yes, and that's Fritz the Cat giving his voice to the Dice Are Screaming. Hello, yeah, Fritz. he's excited too. Way to go, buddy. So, we hope you all survive the holidays and fit in fine fettle. I hope you're enjoying uh, National Hangover Day here in the States. Yeah, and we're coming at you with a new year of podcasts, so... Hopefully after the break here, we have a lot of new topics and ideas to throw at you. So hope you're sticking around for the ride and enjoying it. We have a call-in. 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 Ah. Call-in from Larry Hamilton. Oh. All of you and die. So let's get to it. That totally happened to me once. I followed him and I died. Oh. Well, it so, didn't stick. But. Oh. Well, yeah. But uh, here's Larry Hamilton giving us some review of Clement Clyde. Take it away, Larry. Why, shoot fire. You fellas done told everybody all the secrets. Ain't gonna be no gold left in them thar dungeons. That's terrible. I like gold. All right, thank you for that, Larry. And yeah, Clem and Clyde will be around. Uh, coming at you again some other time. You gotta can... watch out for those two. I, they will clear a dungeon out of everything but the flagstones. You know. Even then, they'll still try to... I, it depends on the materials. I mean, if you're, you know, talking Italian marble, that it, it's gone. Yeah. Huh. You know how much people pay for that? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you get a big enough team of mules, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll take the furnishings too. That's right. So, thank you, Clement Clyde, and thank you, Larry, for your feedback. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that little segment. That was just a fun thing that we do. So. Uh, yeah, uh, getting on to topics. Well, uh, bards and uh, unloosened kimonos aside. Oh, oh you, the bards literally got brushed aside in the opening. Yeah, we just ah, mixed that one in the bud. But, um, a song for another time, then. We are coming closer to our 50th podcast, so be ready for some fun on that. Yeah, our 50th is kind of our golden anniversary, so we'll be uh, doing something nice for that. Maybe even bards. Who knows? Oh, I hope so. Yeah, Led Zeppelin bards. Yes, epic bards. Okay, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there you go. Uh. But um, being the new year, and it is New Year's Day, it's only fitting that we start off the new year with some resolutions. So things that we like to do as far as resolutions is always better ourselves, and I see that as a constant process, not just something that should be just a once-a-year sort of thing. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I prefer it uh, all year through because uh, making a promise once a year hardly ever works out for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want we all could uh, use to lose a few pounds and, you know, eat better and do other things. So I think as far as gaming habits go, is uh, one thing that's been making the rounds is fudging dice rolls. I noticed that was a big thing on the Twitter verse is that, you know, whether you fudge dice, so we're going to talk about Fudging. Oh, boy. Uh, there's there's something near and dear to the heart of every DM. Uh, and to every gamer, too. I mean, let's face it. At some point or another, we've all broken trust here or there. It may have been when we were young, or it may have been last weekend. But, I, you know, it's the, the hidden sin of gaming. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to discuss openly. Nobody wants to say, I did that. Because there's a little flinch factor where you just know, I know I shouldn't have done it. Oh, 
but I really wanted it so bad. Uh, it happens. It sure does. And to be sure, the DM fudging the dice to make the game more interesting is probably very permissible. And it's, I think it's within the spirit of the rules, but there is something to be said. When the DM breaks that trust, then the players feel obligated maybe to follow the same. I don't quite think it is the same. Yeah, I'm not going to throw down and advocate for it. I am going to say that everybody's done it at some point or another. Uh, it's It's been many a year since I've budged a roll, but heaven knows I've been tempted to, because I, <laughs> I was recently transformed into a meme by my players uh, when they hastily killed uh, yet another high-level monster that I had thought would go a lot tougher as an encounter. They took a snapshot of my face, and I became, you know, internet famous locally for about uh, five minutes. Uh, you know, the temptation to fudge or not to fudge, I'm, I'm not saying that at moments of key dramatic effect that it's the worst thing you could ever do, but I am saying it's to be avoided. It is, it is, a, uh, it is a shameful thing that is only sometimes supposed to be pulled from the bag of tricks the DM has. Don't don't beat that one up. Randy nailed it here, which is, if you go around swinging that around, uh, what, what's the point of even gaming? You know, if you're just, at that point, you're just narrating. Dice have a purpose. They're supposed yeah. to decide how random events unfold, so. If you want to fudge the dice to make an encounter, uh, like if you roll random encounters and you see a group of orcs or you could have like uh, an owlbear attack or something and you think that would be more fitting, especially if things kind of been low-key, yeah, go for that. But that's the kind of fudging where you have complete control of it and nobody's going to know. It's kind of like Julia Child said <laughs> about cooking in the kitchen. Only you know what happens in the kitchen. And you, as a DM, are the only one who knows what happens behind the Remember, screen. you're the only one in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so you dropped a turkey on the floor, just dust it off and, you know, slip it back in the oven. No one will know. So, you know, uh, using it to punish players that are doing really well, uh, yeah, that can be a problem. That, yeah, that would be a no-no. And using it to spare players' lives, well, you know, if the dice had just been cruel to them all night, I say, eh, you know, let that crit kind of slide every once in a while. Sure, maybe you're robbing the players of the challenge of that adventure or that particular encounter, but you're also kind of helping preserve the flow of the game. That's kind of your job, but uh, again, use it sparingly and probably no one will ever know. But uh, generally speaking, fudging is a no-no, and especially players, you know, as a DM, the best way to do that is during combat, just let the dice roll where they may. So that's one as a resolution that we should uh, probably be sticking to is less fudging. Um, last weekend, guys had a, an Edercap Sorcerer uh, fighting you, and <laughs> had a blur spell, and boy, did that blur spell, like, I just rolled, like, under 20 5% almost all night. Oh, yeah, that mispercentage was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> just, we could not hit him to save our lives. Literally, not even kidding, to save our lives. Could not hit him. Uh, we finally, finally whittled yeah. him down, but, you know, it took a lot more in terms of rounds than the number of hit points he had would have suggested. Yeah. So, challenging encounter. But that happens, and, uh, you know, that's kind of the point of the game, is that sometimes you're not in complete control of everything either. So, 
But now that we covered fudging, um, some other resolutions to do is uh, preparation. Always make sure to prep before a game. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I broke one of my own rules. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm willing to come down off the high horse and admit that uh, I dropped the ball this year once, uh, and completely had to wing it. Uh, had I, you know, checked my materials ahead of time and prepacked them properly, I would have nailed it. Uh, everything would have been fine. Instead, I found myself in the unenviable position of having to uh, wing it at the table based on my memory of what had transpired. I knew what the creatures were and where they were located. Uh, but there were a lot of hasty referrals to the monster manuals and things like that. Yeah. I, I went back to the books for a lot of data that should have been prepped up right in front of me. It was more a matter of having blatantly forgotten that I had a, a, I had taken my materials out of my travel bag and left them lying about. Oh, uh, so, yeah. The, yep. You know, check, double check, make sure it, all your stuff's there. Yep. That's part of prep, too. And so, you know, let's not have that happen again in the new year because, man, if you think the DM sweats normally... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was sweating overtime that time. Please don't let anybody notice that I'm winging it. Yeah, but the good thing is, is that uh, as knowing your material, having uh, homebrew stuff, gives you a lot more advantage than it does just running raw. And uh, you know, I've had a couple times where players have went off the beaten path and done something I didn't anticipate, and I wasn't quite ready for, but I was able to uh, salvage the game and uh, keep it interesting all at the same time so you know that's due to good prep work and it's also a knowledge of what your material is yeah if you know what's in that forest ahead of time uh or at least you've got some good setup notes uh in advance uh, even though that's not the core purpose of the adventure you're still going to deliver a satisfying you know game that night it doesn't have to be stammering stuttering and complete unsureness. I have no idea what's in that forest. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> not supposed to be here. Yeah, so... It's not even my shift. Uh, uh, no, that's a good resolution. A little yeah. more prep work. Uh, let's see. Uh, game resolutions for the new year. I really want to write more. Um, you know, oh, yeah. more... I, I have... It's not that in the pursuit of my campaign that I haven't written some good material, but I just wanted to put more artistic flourishes on it this year. Something yeah. a little more out there, a little more push the envelope. Uh, I want to take the creativity a little bit further because it began as a traditional first edition campaign in an unfamiliar and handwritten setting. Uh, and there is a macro plot involved. But I have very much had a free hand with the players selecting where they're going next. And they then have an influence over the types of encounters they will have in the future based on their, their actions per adventure. I, I mean to write more creatively, to you know, bring some plot points to life and uh, create some things that are not necessarily just... You know, this time you face these monsters from this book. 
I want something a little more than that. So oh, yeah, that's my resolution for 2019. I'm going to try and write more. All right. That's a good one. I think um, I want to improve my uh, ad hoc skills a little bit better. I think that uh, being able to improvise encounters, not just out of the necessity, like I forgot this or I don't know what's going to happen here, but just also be on my toes, and I want to be surprised more by my players. So writing... Uh, or directing the campaign more towards my players' needs and desires rather than just narrating, I think is a big thing for me this year, too. So I want to keep with that. <laughs> but no matter what it is that you do in your gaming, make sure that you're always making sure that number one participants are your players, just not your own ego or your sense of uh, taste. Although players like a DM for his sense of play and his style, don't sacrifice that just to please your players. I mean, every once in a while, they have to get used to how you're going to play the game as well as part of your DM oh, yeah. privilege. But uh, don't over-abuse it. Don't uh, grandstand over players. And that includes other NPCs and monsters. So I think with uh, 2019 now fully here, it's a good idea to keep your players as the key participants in the game at all times in your mind when creating scenarios and devising interesting encounters. And let me mention very specifically that what I like most about that uh, particular resolution is tailoring with an eye towards the group of people that you are working with. Uh, every single player probably has a unique attitude uh, towards the game. They have a unique style of play, a type of character they prefer. Uh, some are more vocal, some less so. But uh, try to include not just encounters that are ideal for their character's strengths, but for the strengths of the actual player. You know, going macro for a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of them's good at solving puzzles. Try to have something in there at least every few weeks or, or every few games or so that is like unique. Like, okay, everybody turns to so and so and says, "Uh oh, we got to crack this code," and that gives them their moment to shine. Look for a chance to give every player a moment to shine. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a worthwhile goal. Yeah, that is that is a terrific resolution to to tailor it so that you know you're being mindful of the people at the table who aren't you. And uh, while we're at it. Um Using your lexicon appropriately. Oh, my lexicon? Yeah. Oh, jeez, that's locked in a vault. No, 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 no. Your verbal lexicon. Oh. Much like a hidden cache of select unique weapons. Always use your verbiage cautiously and considerably. Don't let your reach exceed your grasp. Ah, yeah, all right. Uh, it's great to roll out a fancy new word. Uh, and just... Yeah. Like antediluvian. Antediluvian. Yeah, it's like a one-word poem to me. I love that word. Uh, but if you're not sure how it's to be used, okay, give it a pass. Or, you know, look for some online resources that will help you find a way to use it in context. Uh, also, pronunciation aids are available. Yeah. The internet is like just the wonder of the modern age because, believe me... Uh, have <laughs> you ever seen a room full of 14-year-olds trying to pronounce six exactitol? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> it was just, no, it was a far tougher time period uh, 
when you're handed a bunch of words that have no predecessors in the English language. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you, D&D, for the <laughs> glossary of terms you didn't provide. Oh. Uh. Uh, you know. No, I love them. I, I had a great time. I, I, we, did, we did grow a lot. I delved into a lot of books and a lot of reading materials that I never would have encountered had it not been for D&D. So, gratitude is on high. I, <laughs> yeah, and we owe a lot to the game for helping improve our vocabulary. And I mangled English language with the best of them, so I have no room to talk. I mean, these are these are not things to also beat yourself up about. I mean, you know, failure is a good teacher, and I like to look at that as... Which is why we're experts. That's right. We've been around <laughs> enough that we failed enough that now we're really experts. And uh, I think it's important that when you play a game that you have fun and don't beat yourself up too much because you could have done something better. Learn from where you failed and learn where you're lacking. I mean, I have uh, suffered from a minor stroke and I have some speech pronunciation problems along with the best of them. And, you know, I still make it work, but uh, I fumble up a lot of things. And uh, as you guys are listening to this podcast well now, and Mike's always one to correct me in his own intimidable way. Oh, Inimitable. Inimitable. See, there you go. See, perfect example. Uh, yep. Which I've known this guy a really long time, so uh, there's there's no malice in it. Oh, no. And I don't take it. Um, if I did, I, I think we would have already crossed swords, just so uh, to speak. Like we did back in the old days. Uh, yeah. uh, locking the horns. Uh, but I, too, after many long years of uh, astonishing, just like amazing beautiful, almost poetic failures. Uh, uh, now I stand here these many years later, uh, kimono proudly open, oh. flapping in the breeze, uh, without shame. So, Helicopter dance. Yeah, don't... <laughs> don't... Uh, Avert your eyes at home. Yeah, don't let don't let glitches slow you down. That's right. Uh, if they're just learning experiences, man. No worries. Uh, and it's a lifetime experience. There is no... There is no master level where there's no more XP's to gain. That's right. You're having fun with uh, your mistakes, too, being kind of uh, your own sort of meme. Yeah. Can also work to your advantage. A little self-mockery never hurt. It's it's fun to get the game going macro sometimes where, uh, you know, you get out of the box and you even needle a joke at yourself in campaign and watch your players recognize that you are literally mocking something you did. It... You know, that that kind of uh, metagame moment, it gets some nice chuckles. It gets some smiles. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, what we do in with this podcast is try to show that there's no real one way to play. There is a lot of things in the gaming community, and gaming is a community despite what some people will tell you. Oh, yeah. You're I mean, part of it, whether you want to recognize your role I, into it or not. It's, you know, I mean, you may not... Uh, a person could, you know, choose relative isolation if they want, but uh, there is a gaming community out there uh, just eager for new people, happy to uh, interact, happy to jump on board, grab some dice, and have some fun. So, you know... Yeah, and the game is what you make of it. I mean, literally speaking, if you want to just... You want to be kind of just your own thing and, you know, you don't want to participate with a lot of people because of whatever. That's fine, too. You know, if you and your group, that's the way you want to play. Just have fun. But recognize that 
You know, we all owe a great deal of depth of gratitude towards others who have come before us. And, you know, I've had her at home several times online that uh, without uh, the Twin City Cities Gaming Group and the Castles and Crusade Society, we would not have this game that has brought us a lot of fun. And while we talk a lot about D&D, we also talk about other game systems. So there's always something new to play. And so 2019 should also see maybe a new influx of games at your table with you and your group, what you decide, talk it over. You know, Shadowrun is always a fun one. It's a little complex and does have a learning curve. But yeah, the setting a, is just awesome. Terrific setting. I mean, you know, this is the, the principal uh, inspiration for the movie Bright. You know, I mean, that that's it right there. Yeah. Might as well have named it Shadowrun the movie. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, no. but you know what? Uh, it's an enormously fun game. I've had a great time playing that. That's one that uh, we really got to drag that back out in 2019. Yeah. I got to get my sci-fi on. It's been a couple of, it's been a few months. Uh, yep, and also, you know, um, science fiction gaming. You know, um, there's a, a dearth of science fiction games to play out there. You know, Stars Beyond Number, Traveler, just to name a few. But also Starfinder and, you know, yeah, Shadowrun's part of that too. But, you know, no matter what you end up using, uh, whatever the game, even going back to Star Frontiers, you know, those are fun games and they give you a change of pace. Heck, even going back to uh, some of the games that we haven't talked about but were around, Boot Hill. Oh, well, yeah, we've, we've uh, referenced it, but uh, we've never really done anything in depth. No. Uh, yeah. Good old shotgun sleigh deserves a discussion. Yeah. Uh, that was just a DM screw you. It's a handwritten love note from like the guys who wrote that to the players going, die. <laughs> the guy dual wielding sawed off shotguns. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but Boot Hill, a uh, classic retro game. Um, you know, in keeping with the theme of. Welcome to 2019, farewell 2018. I do want to nod towards how we got here. Uh, we were just speaking of community. And we're also both, you know, like, uh, old school uh, in the first D camp. Yeah. So, uh, to mention how we got to this, you know, curious happenstance where now we're yammering online on a podcast, uh about the games we play. A number of years ago, we started a first edition campaign at our local comic shop, uh, which has changed hands many times. Uh, Perfect Storm, we love you. Love yeah. you guys. We're so glad there is like there is still a presence here in this town, and thank you, Carter, for taking the mantle. Uh, but many years ago, we kicked off a first edition campaign and uh, I came in as the, you know, uh, rogue so that the party of people who had never played uh, first edition, and in many cases hadn't played any edition of D&D. Right. Total strangers. Complete group of people we had never met before in our lives. We put up a note that just said, hey, old school style first edition Greyhawk game. You know. Uh, <laughs> Jump on in. The water's fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, a little trickle of people came in, and one by one, uh, the magic happened, like it always has before. Uh, yeah. It just, it turned into this amazing thing. 
almost every single one of the participants are people that I now view with great affection and friendship. They're, they've become new chapters in my long gaming history yep. and new friends in my regular life. Uh, it has been immensely rewarding. So to do a little footnote for the end of the year, uh, I I highly recommend getting out of your comfort zone, man. Uh, try doing an open gaming session down at a comic book shop uh, or, you know, DMing a game uh, for a, a group of people that you've never met before, but, you know, eventually work out a date at a comic book shop like uh, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday is the only day we can Ah, uh, yes, the scheduling I, boss. Yeah, it, it's the, one of the toughest boss fights ever is the scheduling, but I tell you what, I have no regrets. It has been one of the best experiences I have ever had. Uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty much the community right there. Yeah, that is that's, the community aspect. That's how you build it, and uh, you know it can end up uh, end up one of two ways, and uh, both are awesome. One way is that uh, you get a bunch of new people that you never would have associated with as friends, or you learn that you know your style needs to change and you know you can uh, adapt to it or you know you can uh, you know find people who are willing to go with your style and whatever you do just have fun with it yeah so it's never a loss yeah it works for me i mean i'm, I'm mr like zero comfort zone i, I love to you know that i'm the, the hang glider of dms just yep. uh you know let's, let's climb mount rushmore you know for <laughs> no explicable reason look teddy roosevelt's nose yeah uh, you know, that I, I like to get out of my comfort zone and see things and do things that I have not done before. And gaming is a terrific way because there's so much variety, so much uh, different interactions between different people that you can play a thousand times and never get the same event twice. That's right. So 2019's here. Make your resolutions. Let us know what they are. And uh, we've just thrown a few out there. So we're going to try to keep to them as much as we can, but one resolution we're going to have is we're going to keep coming at you. So oh, well. You're not that, going to get rid of us. That's resolved, yeah. That, that. <laughs> we're like, we're dug in like ticks. You'll never be rid of us. That's right. <laughs> so with that. Well, they'll have to kill me before I die. Yeah, people going around dying all the time. What's wrong with Not people? like the old days. Had to kill me before I die. And that's the way I keep, plan to keep it. Yep, a little homage to Yellowbeard. Great movie. Watch so, it. Indeed. Do watch it. Um, so with that, we're going to bid you adieu. Um, thank you for sticking around with us. And more to come Friday. We'll get back in the swing of things. But until then, may the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.